This is just Jason here today, shooting from the hip. I'm currently in Texas. Got about 30 minutes in between training sessions. I'm here with an annual summit for the CrossFit Level 1 training staff. And I flew in early because I was in Nebraska this weekend. And I figured I wanted to bring a podcast to you guys. Roz is super busy planning for the wedding. She's amazing and basically doing all of it. When she asks me questions, my response is, Babe, I don't care. Whatever you want. And I'm sticking to that. And I think it's working. We booked our flights to California, spend some time in California post-wedding to enjoy a little honeymoon, maybe get some wine in Napa Valley, visit our first date spot, maybe make it to Yosemite, a couple other things. But wanted to take a few moments and answer a couple questions, some that were a little bit maybe longer form than I could get to on some videos, trying to bring you guys as much fresh content as I can. And I'll just kick it off. I'll just kick off the um, first question and... You know, something that I talk about often, and I've done a few videos about, is just my numbers are off. I think as a newbie, it's one of the first questions you'll get to. You'll, you'll, you'll start plugging in your food, you'll start hitting your numbers, and then inevitably within a day or two, you realize my calories are crazy off. What's going on here? And it's, it's a little hard to wrap your head around this because... You know, it's like, well, I hit my macros, but I have calories or blah, blah, blah. And here's, you know, I was talking to a a friend of mine, Sasha, smart guy, math guy. And he was struggling with hitting his numbers. So I helped him hit his numbers, and then he has 100 calories left. He's like, cool, so I want more food. I got 100 calories left. I'm like, no, but you don't. You don't have 100 calories left. You hit your numbers. And, you know, the, the big picture right there is, Chase after your macros. Here's what's happening. There's four calories per gram of protein, four calories per gram of carbs, nine calories per gram of fat. Just science. Just science for you. There's nothing you can do about that. So the big picture of why you're off is because there's rounding allowed on food labels. So, you know, check out your closest food label. Grab something out of the fridge or pantry and you'll see. And if you do the math for what I just told you about protein, carbs, and fats, chances are it doesn't add up exactly to the calories on there. Now, it might just be one calorie off. and might be as big as 9 or 10. But if you do that over the course of the day, if everything you're eating is slightly rounded, that's when you're going to see that bigger discrepancy at the end. That's really the big picture. You know, we joke about, hey, you plug something in that's just wrong. You know, you find a donut that has no carbs. Give me a call. I want to eat some of those, but we all know those aren't real. And then, of course, we can get into alcohol. But if your numbers are just a little bit off at the end of the day, I want you to realize that's what's going on. Raw versus cooked. This has been kind of a debate, if you will. We get asked this question a lot. Well, do you measure your food raw or cooked? And the truth is, Roz and I measure our food cooked. We do it really to keep it simple. You know, we eat out of the same pan if we cook some chicken and veggies. It's just easier to take the chicken, throw it on the scale, than do the math backwards and try to figure out, you know, what it was. But after discussing it with some friends on the road, I think that the truth is if you can, you should be weighing your food raw because the macronutrients aren't really changing when you're cooking. It's really just 
cooking off water. So, for example, you cook uh, eight ounces of chicken, it's going to weigh six ounces on the scale once it's cooked, but the macronutrients should have been reflecting on those eight ounces. You know, at the end of the day, is it a big deal? No. Do something, be consistent with it, but at the same time, I do believe if you can do it raw, you're going to have a slightly more accurate read, but it's like anything that we talk about. I think the big picture of what Roz and I preach is simplicity and sustainability. All of these little nuances, all these little details, if they're not easy for you, if it makes it more stressful, if it makes our program more of a struggle, you're less likely to continue with it, right? So I want you to always be focusing on what you can do to keep this simple. Now, that doesn't mean cheat. That doesn't mean not track, but it means, hey, if raw versus cooked is going to be an issue and weighing it cooked is not that big of a deal, do that. Just something simple like that. Let me get, I'm going to do two, two more questions, two more little questions. Um, we get this one a lot as well, net carbs, right? It's kind of like one of those pseudoscience things that are thrown out there. I think a big, big misconception about carbs is, you know, A, there's good, there's bad, there's sugar, there's fiber. So carbohydrates is really just a, a, the macronutrient that we're talking about, right? So, we, so if we look at simply carbohydrates, we, people fail to realize that sugar and fiber are just forms of carbohydrates. It's really just a molecule. And the reason, you know, whether or not you, you know this, you know, the, the, the carbohydrate, it, something stupid, it's carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Those are atoms that, you know, with water form together and they become a carbohydrate. Now, there's different forms of those. There's different forms of carbohydrates. And basically, the different forms are just how easy or hard it is to break apart those molecules, how fast your body will digest it. Super geeky, super sciencey. But when you see something like net carbs, it's basically said, you know, the example I can use is a Quest Bar. Your Quest Bar might have 30 grams of carbohydrates, but then it will say net carbs 10 because it's basically saying we have 30 grams of carbs, but 20 of which are fiber. So it only leaves 10 other carbs, which is BS. Fiber is still a carb still a macronutrient, still has calories associated with it. So disregard net carbs. It's some gimmicky way to get you to buy that food because you think it has lower carbohydrates. I mean, that's really what the food industry is all about, right? Tricking people, whether it was growing up in the 80s like me to getting low fat to currently freaking you out about carbohydrates, eat the right amount of food. I had someone reach out the other day like, can I increase my fats if I'm eating only good fat? It's like, no, fat is fat. You know, any fat could be good if you're eating it in the right amount. So there's just this huge misconception about nutrition, and there's no wonder. I mean, ever since we were children, it's been blasted in our face, whether from our teachers, our parents, magazine ads, television you know, our favorite actors and singers and all these people are on diets and this and that. So we have to really disregard all of these things we've been told, you know, and it's not your fault you've been told these things, but we are, if you cling to these things that haven't worked for you for the last 20 or 30 years and you're unwilling to make a change, then it is your fault, right? We can't fault you for what you've done in the past. 
nor do I want to, right? The past is the past, but you have to be able to make a change that will help you move forward and improve your life. So let's do one more question, and I'm going to talk about I want to talk about just being flexible and, and what that means to me. And I think a big thing that we learned on our trip is, you know, we were we were gone for four months. And the, and the truth of the matter is over those four months, we were probably good about 50% of the time. When I say good, I mean within five. You know, we're plus or minus five protein, carbs, and fats. And Roz was probably a lot better than I was. But I was good 50% of the time. And I'd say... The other 50% ranged from I just kind of went off the rails for the day to completely stopped to it was off by 20, 10, whatever. And we came home four months later and we both weighed ourselves and we were each about four pounds heavier. Four pounds heavier after four months on the road and that was with less sleep, you know, food being crazy off, training was substantially decreased, uh, you know, significantly more stressed and I think the the big picture we've learned is you have to allow yourself to be flexible this has to be sustainable and while I'm glad I didn't allow it to ruin our trip we were definitely you know itching to get home to get back dialed in and then we realized both within a week we were already looking and feeling and performing the same as we were when we left your body is resilient your body will recover and I see questions about, I'm gone for the weekend, what should I do? I'm gone for a week. You know, this has to be long-term and sustainable, and the only way to do that is to not freak out every time you're going to live outside of your bubble. Yeah, it's easier to eat out of your kitchen, out of your pantry, cooking your own food every day, but that's not life. You know, life will come at you, and it will, you know, whether it's a fun deviation from your food and being on vacation or, you know, something negative, you know, associated with it. The point is, do your best. Roz and I preach always be tracking and we stand by that. Do your best to always track. But if life gets in the way, don't sweat it. You've learned a lot while doing our program. You know, you can eyeball food. You can do your best to be dialed in even when you're not being 100%. Be flexible. Enjoy the journey. That's how you're going to make this last forever. couple questions on a quick break for you. Hopefully that helped. Hopefully the content we're bringing you this month is helpful and we look forward to hearing more from you guys in the tribe. Thanks.